0: Warning, the Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. Welcome back to Kingdom Cast's podcast may cause mild constipation. Joining us once again is Sandra. This handmaiden's tale LARP is not going as expected, Swindle. (laughs) God. I'm Stan Daniel, and with me as always is Albert Marsh. So, Albert. Yeah. What's going on with you? Nothing positive. Nothing positive? Sandra. They had two super spreader events in Atlanta this weekend. Did you attend either of them? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm avoiding super spreader events as much as possible. <laughs> Dragon Con and whatever the SEC does with Alabama and Atlanta. Yeah. The University of Alabama and Atlanta. It was absolutely, I saw pictures and you just, there was barely breathing room in the city of Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. Absolutely amazes me. So, damn! But you didn't get anywhere near either of it.
1: No, in fact, I'm I'm laid up with a bad back right now.
0: What'd you do to your back? I don't know. Could you take something to put you out of sorts for the remainder of the podcast? I'm (laughs) already
1: on Tylenol. I got if some I take good- the muscle relaxers, I'll be asleep.
0: Yeah, I got some over <laughs> here. Y'all need some? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well, this is certainly taking an upbeat turn. So yes, <laughs> let's get things underway. Well, thanks to Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Shang-Chi. Stop that. I've called it Shang-Chi for most of my life, and so most every other person in the world. His name is Shang-Chi. We pronounce it Shang-Chi. I don't, and I'm not going to. They go out of their way to tell you in the movie. But anyway, thanks to the movie Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, there's a little hope for the theaters this summer, after all. No, there's so- not. This, this is it. This is the end of it. Venom moved up its release date a full, I think, two weeks to the first weekend in October. I thought they moved it back. They moved it up to a premiere date Friday, October 1st. I thought they actually moved it back into 2022. Well, there was talk of that. There's talk of several of them being moved back. Marvel did not put a release date on Spider-Man other than to say this Christmas. They're very scared. They think there's another shutdown coming or they're going to have to shut down. I saw two or three stories that...
1: Oh, Yeah. A variety says it will debut in theaters earlier than expected on October 1st.
0: Yeah. Because anything after that, outside of, I think, Dune, unless they move that again. They've moved. They've already moved a bunch of movies again. Well, they moved the Tom Cruise. They moved Top Gun. And what else did you say? Top Gun, Mission Impossible, and then Jackass. All three of them big Tom Cruise movies. No. Dune is one of the uh, HBO Max things. I'll be watching Dune and Matrix in the comfort of my own home. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad I don't have to pay for Dune. I know that it's getting rave reviews, but it's sand. I want to watch it mostly because that director is a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. It's Dune, it's going to bore the hell out of you. Yeah, we've had the Dune discussion on here before. Yes, I um, read the books. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, have you read the Bible, Sandra?
1: (laughs) Yes, I've read the Bible. I've even read the (laughs) Silmarillion.
0: I've read the Silmarillion, and after that, I was done talking. Yeah, pretty biblical-like. It just looks like a bunch of sand. It's got a wonderful cast to it. Yeah, I'll be interesting in watching it, but I don't know how it's not the most boring thing ever. Maybe it's an improvement over... David Lynch. Yeah, Lynch maybe it's an improvement over Lynch's. Except well, Lynch's you were so entranced by what the hell am I watching that it was easy to sit through the 17-hour epic. No, it wasn't 17 hours. That Are was you the sure? problem.
1: That was pr- the problem with David Lynch's Dune was there just it, there was not enough
0: time for it to be done properly. Well, this and one then, is not the whole book. This movie is supposed to only be so much of that book. Yeah. They're not going to get out of the sand in this. It'll end with him finding the witches. My, or, my
1: only my only problem with this one will be, unlike Albert, I thought The Arrival was just horrible. Okay, this is going to be a cool show. And it was just so, so slow. The arrival. By the time I, like, yeah, he did the movie Amy Adams, Arrival.
0: 2016 with Amy Adams, right? Yes. Hey, I same. didn't care too much for that movie.
1: I didn't either. I mean, by the time I got to the end of it, it was, uh, what was the point of this again? (laughs) He did Prisoners. That wasn't bad.
0: I thought Prisoners was a great movie. I liked Arrival. Arrival kind of struck me along the lines as Interstellar.
1: Mm, I haven't seen Interstellar, but this I just
0: thought that was just very long and pointless. I I didn't like it. You're going to be in for a treat with Dune.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen
0: with Dune. We're have murder words and all that other crap. Know. What are y'all looking forward to most? The Matrix, Dune, Eternals? Halloween. Sp- Spider-Man. There's not, is there another Halloween movie coming out? Yeah, yeah. This will be a trilogy. Oh, good. You know, the original first two all happened on the same night. I think all three of these, at least the first two, and I'm pretty sure the third one, I don't see how the third one wouldn't, they're all supposed to take place on the same night. Well, I love the original first two from the 70s and the early 80s with Jamie Lee Curtis, but Halloween 3 was weird. Now it's time for Halloween, Halloween, funky bedrock the, with it the masks. Real, yeah, and they had like a piece of stone hinge. Yeah, and they were uh, with circuitry that was transmitting yeah. witchcraft and they were sacrificing the chair. That was pretty, it, it, it was a very, it was an extended and very long Tales from the Crypt episode. <laughs> But at least it was different. It wasn't Michael yeah. Myers. Sandra, what are you looking forward to? Including Spider-Man, Eternals, Matrix, Dune. What Which are you looking forward to most? Mm. Last quarter of the year. Here? Probably
1: Dune or the Eternals. Maybe Venom. Venom would, just oh, forget be a, about. Venom would
0: just be a good popcorn movie. I'm hoping so. I wasn't jumping up and down about the first Venom. The origin story. It's hard to do Venom without Spider-Man. And there was just a lot of... Big plot holes and the whole thing, but it was fun watching Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Thank you. It was fun watching Tom Hardy. I don't hate that movie. It's an okay movie. I don't hate it. I just don't like it. It's okay. I'm with you. It's okay. But this one, we've got the origin bull crap out of the way. We know the relationship between Eddie and the symbiote. Now we've got Woody Harrelson to come in and just play batshit insane carnage. I'm with Sandra. I'm thinking this is going to be a good popcorn movie. I agree. I think it'll be at least entertaining. Yeah, But it's not the one I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man the most, but... I'm curious about what they're going to do with The Matrix. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 8, and The Matrix trailer is set to release tomorrow morning at around 8 a.m. Eastern time. I'm just really curious about what Wachowski is going to do with The Matrix. I like the first movie. I like the first movie, too, and I thought the second movie was setting us up for something really and truly great, and the third movie just flatlined. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I'd, I'd rather than make a Speed Racer sequel. I like Speed Racer. Speed Racer or was a, a lot of fun. Or a Batman 66 movie. Dun, dun, dun. I, I'd like to see that. Who would you cast as Batman 66? They can't be in too good a shape. Like he was in fine shape for the time. Yeah, but now everyone's got like six packs. So. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. This, Adam West was not a slice. Oh, what's this, the guy that plays Ocean Master in the Aquaman movie? Is that actor? Patrick Wilson. Yeah, that guy's a good actor. He he could do it. Okay. I can see it. I just don't like him. Maybe I don't like his movie choices. <laughs> I don't like the things I've seen him cast in. He's very versatile. He's been in a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff. He's
1: in some horror franchise, Phantom of the Opera, Ocean We're Master.
0: Not- I mean, there's not much that he hasn't been able to do. I don't think he's a bad actor. My mistake was the very first thing I think. I saw him in was hard candy. Why was that where he was playing the pedophile? Yeah. The what? I don't, I don't. <laughs> pa- Pedophile? PETA? <laughs> That's <sighs> not what I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't care for that movie. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it was a pretty rough movie. Well, I kept
0: waiting for like some type of extra twist or something to go on, but it never happened. No, it was about her getting revenge. It was about the little friend getting revenge on the child molester. And everybody was saying, oh, you've got to see this. Oh, you've got to see it. And it was on Netflix at the time, so I made the mistake of watching it. It was very boring. It was messed up. I didn't care for it. I would have preferred not to have seen it. And then, of course, the next thing I saw him in was Watchmen. I absolutely loathed him in that. Really? But I did because he played Night Owl a little too well. This kind of wishy-washy, pick-a-lane type individual that was always right down the middle and didn't seem to have a spine unless Rorschach provided him one. And yes, I before we get the emails, I understand that Rorschach is a commentary on far right wing, but the character had a spine. Rorschach was morally right in that book. So, when you send in your emails, you're going to address them to Albert. (laughs) Minus all the, you know, the homophobic stuff. And he was probably a racist too, but they didn't cover that. (laughs) But morally, he was right about Ozzy Medias and everything at the end. Well, yeah. Yeah, everybody else wanted to play in the gray area. That's why I have a problem with this actor. He's Captain Gray Area whenever he shows up. I've never seen him play against Todd. Even when he was the child molester, he was still basically the same type of character he plays in the horror movies and, and Watchmen and the other movies. I don't think so. I mean, he
1: said he's been in a lot of different things. Yeah, he's been in several different. I'm just, And he plays different yeah. kinds of characters. I mean, I, I don't know, but I forget what the point of this conversation
0: was. I don't know either, man.
1: Are we talking about the Shang Chi movie? Shang-Chi. We started
0: off. We 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 started off briefly mentioning Shang Chi so we could talk about the other summer movies. Okay. this was kind of where we were going. We were kind of riffing, Sandra. People like it when we just kind of go with the flow of conversation there for a few minutes. Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Okay, so we all three saw Shang Chi. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh. Sandra. Let's, I tell you what, let's start off with Sandra because Sandra is not as appreciative nor as big of a fan of Asian culture as myself and Albert. Sheesh. I've seen more anime than she has. That's probably true. Sandra has an outsider looking in. (laughs) What did you think of Shang-Chi?
1: I enjoyed it and it was a lot like what I thought it was going to be, which is a fun Wushu movie. It's Americanized, but it still had enough elements of the, the Chinese Wushu movies that I enjoyed.
0: That was what I was trying to think of. Mushu is uh, is no. what you refer w- to. Wushu. Wushu.
1: Mushu is that is the dragon. dragon. Good yeah. Lord. Or Sorry. Mushu Pork. Mushu is I think, the dragon. I think it's Wushu, or I can't even pronounce it now. <laughs> it's the Chinese fantasy
0: kung fu movies. So the, In the vein movie. of
1: Like Iron Fist would probably fit as a, a better... One of those. Oh, then. don't
0: uh, don't even bring Iron Fist and uh, or the. You're not referring to the Netflix series. No, are she you? just means no. the character and, and stuff and the general. story. Yeah. yeah. They incorporated a lot of the Iron Fist lore into the 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 city, the lost city that appears that you can go into once every 10 years. That's actually the Iron Fist City of the Dragons, isn't it? Kunlun? Lu, Yeah, this was not Kunlu, though. This was Tano, uh, Tano Li? Tao Lo. Ta- yeah, Tao um, Lo. Tao Lo. I don't have anything right in front of me giving me the names. I'm just trying to recall. I thought this was a far better interpretation of Shang-Chi than I've ever seen in the comic books.
1: Well, it wasn't really, it wasn't like a comic book Shang-Chi. Uh, Shelly got me saying it now. Shang-Chi. Because in the comic book Shang-Chi, it's more espionage, more, I think, It's Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. It's more Enter the the Dragon Dragon, and a more espionage thing. And this was more Iron Fist. It's more of the the Kung Fu fantasy kind of thing. And that is why I think they're having such a problem with the comics now, the Shang-Chi comics now. That character is not as recognizable from the 70s character.
0: Well, he's not recognizable as the 70s. He's not recognizable in the current comics that have him in there.
1: Well, he's not the same thing with the movie. I mean, they're obviously trying to go more toward the movie.
0: I just far better like this adaptation of the character and the mythos. They replaced his dad. His dad was originally Fu Manchu in the comics, wasn't he? Yeah, but they can't use Fu Manchu anymore. No, they did away with that when I think it was Reminder was writing Secret Avengers. No, it was. I think it was was before that. that.
1: They had to do away with it in part because they lost the rights. Mm-hmm. Remember, they yeah. lost the rights to the guy that created, um, and that's one reason why we didn't have Shang Chi, uh, Shang Chi forever was because Marvel had lost the rights. Somehow or the other, they got the rights back, and they put out like a ton of omnibus and and books to reprint the stuff before they lost the rights again. But they also wanted to get rid of the Fu Manchu, Yellow Peril thing. They changed his name, but it was basically supposed to be Fu Manchu, and that was yeah. in Baker's run, I believe.
0: Yeah, the thing where he's, I've, been, I've had a bunch of names and blah, blah, blah from the movie. Yeah. I maybe. think that's, like, directly from the Brubaker run, pretty much.
1: Then they basically melded him in with the Mandarin. I was wondering, why in the heck are they giving Matt Fraction a thanks here? And I guess it's from maybe the Mandarin?
0: I'm trying to think, what would Matt have done. Iron Man. He did did
1: an Iron Man Mandarin revamp.
0: Okay. Well, they probably took some of the cues from there, but he he can be the thousand year speech. He's been alive a thousand years. He's known by multiple names. That covers everything right there. I thought the whole thing was wonderful. I enjoyed it. This was beautiful. It was beautifully choreographed. The cast I was not overly excited when I saw our Simu Lu has shang because I didn't know who he was. And I was thinking, well, he doesn't I'm not sure what I thought he would look like, but he doesn't quite look like an action. Char-. Boy, was I wrong. I was. he well, doesn't look like Bruce Lee. I mean, <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking Bruce Lee. I was hoping they'd well, kind I mean, steer that's, away that's, from that, which they did. That's,
1: that's how he was. Al- he's always been drawn is kind of like
0: Bruce Lee. Yeah. Tony Chuwa Ling has Wu, the father I I thought was brilliant. I hate. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. And again, spoiler alert, everybody. But you know that by now, it says at the beginning of the program. I I hate that it looks like we did away with him. I think he should be up for best supporting actor. He did a great job. He was mesmerizing. He was outstanding. He was sympathetic As sympathetic as you can make a character who potentially rivaled Hitler and body count be, I came out of this movie feeling good and surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I I was just, how did y'all feel about Ben Kingsley? back. I thought they did that real great. When he sits in the dinner and explains away the Mandarin, I'm like, okay, whatever. They stopped the movie for like two minutes to do away with it, but when they brought him in there and did all the stuff with them, I thought that was really good. And the little creature, what do you call the creatures, Sandra? I don't remember what the creature was called. Um, well, he, he's from Chinese yeah. mythology. I mean, all of the creatures in the movie were pulled directly from Chinese myth. They weren't manufactured by Disney to be stuffed toys, although they are now. 4995 on shopdisney.com What do they call it? I can't remember. I was just joking. Did he call it
1: Henry or something?
0: I mean he gave it a normal name. Yeah, okay. yeah. He Personally. gave it a normal name, but I can't recall but the little was thing it Steve something no, like, like Steve. that. The little thing without the, uh, the face. Yeah, the little thing without the face. That's an actual Chinese mythological character. As were the horses with the lion faces and the fox with the multiple tails and the, of course the dragons. This was a beautiful movie.
1: That's always, well, not always. That's what I love about these Kung Fu fantasy movies, the wushu movies, is they are gorgeous. The cinematography is fabulous. Everybody looks gorgeous. The costumes are gorgeous. They're just gorgeous. The settings are gorgeous. Yeah.
0: My favorite bit, which was a callback to those movies, whether they did it on purpose or not, was the, the mom gets killed when she gets beat to death. Yeah, so when they go to the mom laying there on the ground, she's not dirty. and No, or no, or anything. yeah. It's like
1: yeah, she passed she, out from a heart attack yeah. or
0: something. Not oh. e- they didn't even give her a drip of blood out of her mouth like they do in those movies sometimes. Yeah, it's just yeah. perfectly clean. This was very bloodless unless you were the hero or the direct villain in it, in which case you only saw blood on their faces at certain points. I, I noticed that from the get-go. There was not very much blood for all of them to be doing what they're doing.
1: Well, no, it's not about... Yeah.
0: The uh, the blood. Nor should it be. I'm just, yeah, I'm just. It's pointing. about
1: how beautiful it looks when they both Michelle Yeoh and the mother. I mean, that fight scene was gorgeous. There's a lot of nods to old Kung Fu or Wushu films like that courtship scene that was a fight between. The Mandarin and and The Kid's Mom, somewhere I read it was from The Grandmaster. The bus in The Scaffolding Fight are from Jackie Chan movies, yeah. I think.
0: No, I mean, they. you could say that, but... The, they're mean, inspired. Not, they're yeah, inspired.
1: They're inspired
0: by that kind of movie. They're, they're from a lot of different movies. Yeah. So. I'm not a big fan of the martial arts films or anything, but I'm a big fan of this. I cannot emphasize enough. I was expecting very little from this At best, maybe to be somewhat entertained. And I've come away from this thinking this may be one of my favorite Marvel films of all time. This stole my breath. This was something else. It cannot emphasize enough how beautiful this movie was.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it was a gorgeous movie. I was surprised at how much family drama there was in there and how much emotion there was in there. That's what made it for me. And I would say... I almost wish that there might've been like one or two less fights. I mean, I know it's all about the master of Kung Fu, but by the time, at the end of two hours, I think I was, okay, that's enough. I don't need any more fights. <laughs>
0: I, I think there was just enough in there. I think there was just enough in there. I get fight weary as well. Yeah. But I didn't I mean, they tried to fight. make them all different. They really were. You had your bus fight with Razor Fist. So you had two or three elements to that. And then, of course, you have the bamboo fight, the bamboo scaffolding on the outside of the building. You have the climactic fight where everything happens. But with Shung Chi and his father, it was mostly the standard science fiction fight with the rings. You're not actually touching each other, with wonderful choreography in it that mimicked the uh, what did you call it? The mating ritual fight between the courtship, the, the courtship, and the mating. Yeah.
1: Ritual.
0: <laughs> Again, y'all have to excuse Sandra. She's not as big into the Asian culture as Albert. Was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I found this this creature. It's called uh, Dijing.
0: D-I-J-I-N-G.
1: Yes, they do have a furry creature you can buy that looks like that. The fake Mandarin, Ben Kingsley, called him Morris.
0: That's right, Morris. Morris. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He is probably one of my favorite things in that movie. The ben dancing. Kingsley or Morris? Yeah. Ben Kingsley. Oh,
1: Death I really like the, the the giant food dogs
0: they had too. Yeah, those were great. The, those look
1: they, yeah, you really understood what they meant with the
0: lion dogs, protector dogs. The death scene with Ben Kingsley and Morris was oh great. Oh my
1: gosh, that was no, hilarious. I'm not dead. I'm
0: <laughs> and you would do well to do so too. And he flipped over <laughs> on his back. Yeah, that was fun. I think the only thing I didn't like about this movie was dude, the first act was probably Aquafina. She was horrible. She almost ruined the whole movie for me. You didn't like Aquafina. No, she was fine once. The, I'm wondering if at some point, really, really early on, maybe even before they even cast the movie, that in the movie itself, the Aquafina character and the sister character was the same person. No. And I then they, then as they reworked the script and changed everything, they split them because Aquafina's all through that thing. And then once the sister shows up, everything about her gets goes from like her personality and everything goes from like ten to two. Hmm. I, I didn't think so. When the sister shows up, things were getting more serious. Aquafina's life actually came under I don't want to say more of a dire threat than that bus fight, but it was coming into focus that she stepped into some stuff here. We actually got a message from one of our listeners, Rhett, who said he loved the film. He went in wanting to hate Aquafina and he could not. He ended up liking her in this. I agree. And I I don't know enough about her. I think I saw I saw crazy rich Asians
1: mm-hmm.
0: against my will. And
1: <laughs> you not like Crazy Rich ain't? Asians. No, I,
0: I didn't care anything about that. It was like a two and a half hour soap opera. Yeah, I'm watching Dallas, but it's set in China. That sort of thing for me. I didn't even know Aquafina was in it, so she didn't make an impression on me one way or the other. Then I thought she was funny and entertaining in this. A lot of people this... apparently have strong feelings on her, but I don't. Is she a stand up comedian? Oh, I don't know. I don't really care.
1: She played a similar character. I want to say the funeral, the farewell. That was it. Where she plays a Chinese-American. Her parents take her back to China. Her parents immigrated from China. All she knows is America and her parents are Chinese. But anyway, they take her and they go back to China because they hear the grandmother's not doing well and may not last long. I mean, she's Asian, but she's Asian-American. So she doesn't really speak the Chinese very well, and she doesn't understand the customs and everything
0: else. That's kind of a reflection. Well, you said that, though. That's a reflection of her character in Shang-Chi, too.
1: That's what I'm saying. It was very similar to that character. And I love that movie, The Farewell. There there were more similarities with that than Crazy Rich Asians, because I think Crazy Rich Asians, she just played a Hong Kong, a rich Hong Kong girl, if I remember correctly she was not supposed to be asian american it was okay. it was the female lead that i think was asian american in this well, yeah, I just, and there's there's definitely a difference well,
0: I, I shouldn't have to say this
1: but there's definitely a difference between being chinese and being chinese american
0: there's such a difference that china has banned this movie
1: did they man it?
0: Yeah, I, no amount of editing is going to, at last report, yeah, no amount of editing yeah. is going to get this movie uh, into. China. I think I think all that Chinese American stuff is probably the reason why. It's a couple of things. Uh, I told Sandra when we briefly discussed it over text that it has to be the women and the mythology. You're not allowed to believe in myths or anything greater than state in China, and they lean heavily into the mythology in shang I'm not sure why they would have banned it. It would have to be the Chinese-American stuff because they have a real stick-up thing for things like ghosts and vampires and blood. There's and no like afterlife. That. Yeah, there's no afterlife. There's I wonder no if the demon, the demons had a lot to do with it too, maybe. Yeah, well, it's the mythology. It's the overall mythology. And I'm here to tell you, China is quickly going to a 10-plated dictatorship. Going to? Well, beforehand, they had the council and all, but with the moves that they've made recently and Z has told the citizens to not expect an easy life, to expect hardship and challenge every day of your life. He said that last week in a release. And of course, the video game thing where he's limiting the kids up to three hours a week or is that it? Three hours a week? Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember
1: um, how long, but yeah. yeah.
0: I think it was less than that. Yeah, something like that. But no, he is clamping it down. And this is part and parcel of it. Five years ago, this movie would have gotten into China.
1: It would have played in Hong Kong, yeah. which which is, uh, again, a different. I mean, it's part of China now, but it's not.
0: Yeah, because it used to be in uh, before Hong Kong went to China. All the movies you saw out of China were all Hong Kong movies. because yeah, that's, they where, were, that's where everyone that's where everything came out of entertainment wise internationally was all Hong Kong.
1: There were a few mainland China movies, but the majority of movies that we saw or that did well were, I think, from Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, that's why whenever it went over to China, you saw a lot of those actors and some of the directors all show up over here at one time because they didn't know if they would even be able to be allowed to make movies. This turnabout... On entertainment and uh, acting culture and the small bits of capitalistic society that had eked their way into Hong Kong and China, they've been seriously clamping down for the last few years, starting with the actors that disappear, the Chinese actors that just suddenly vanish. and Oh no, they owe taxes. I remember reading about that one actress, like she just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, she's nowhere. And now we're getting to the point where no, you know what, we're going to tell you exactly what you can and cannot see and what you can and cannot think. They're closing in on North Korea. China's the only reason North Korea still exists at this point in time. Moving right along, this was a wonderful movie, outstanding. Let's talk about some of the situations in there. What did y'all think about the Abomination and Wong cage fight? I'm glad they brought him back. I, mean, I have no was, idea why they were in there. Yeah, but one, another thing I like, I really like uh, the way they're using Wong. So yeah, that, I'm glad that guy does a great a great job with that role. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. So. I think it's, yeah, he, is
1: his name Benedict Wong?
0: It is. Yes.
1: Okay, yeah. He did a great job. and he I think he really wanted to be in the movie, too. I'm not sure about what secret deal he has with the, the abomination. There was a whole lot of cameos of different fighters, I think, and the little cage matches on, on the way to the big cage match. It, I, thought, I saw one that reminded me of Fat Cobra. Oh, my God, is that Fat
0: Cobra? It could be. We're going to have to wait a little while longer for more of those leaks to get out before anybody can discern. I was trying to watch and They were moving so fast, it wasn't funny. The first time I watched, a movie like this, I don't really overly look for that stuff. I'm looking for what I can catch easily. It, yeah, like it's it's too distracting to try to pick apart a the movie the first time I watch it. I mostly just watch it for the what, for the, the overall package rather than the Easter eggs. Wong and Abomination were running a scam because yeah. everybody was betting against Wong, and that yeah. gives Wong a lot of money, and he gives Abomination his cut. And you hear something. He, you hear him telling uh, Bronsky, Emil Bronsky, that after the fact. But when he opens up the thing in the background, that looked like some sort of facility that he was going to walk the Abomination back to. We know that Tim Roth is going to show up in She-Hulk, the Disney Plus series. It's a safe bet that Abomination is going to show up in She-Hulk. But this could be part of the Thunderbolts slash Dark Avengers situation as well. Emil Bronsky was working with Thunderbolt Ross. And so it kind of, it kind of makes sense why he popped up there. And if he's on a semi-friendship basis with Wong, then he's more trustworthy now than he was in the uh, Incredible Hulk movie. He's more under control. He's not in the mood. He's not out there destroying Harlem anymore. The other thing, the uh, end credits scene. So why is Bruce Banner Bruce Banner and not Professor Hulk? I guess we'll find out. And his arm's still in the sling. I think they mentioned at one point that our our thing's going to be around for a good long while. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Him being Banner involves how Jennifer becomes She-Hulk. Yeah, I think you're right there.
1: So you're talking about the end credit scene?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the mid credit scene. The end credit -credit scene was the sister. Well, clearly the sister is taking over the Ten Rings organization, starting her own thing. That makes sense about, maybe it's a side effect of him using the snap, now the hook has been drained away from him or gone because it would make sense that he would donate his blood to his cousin now if he thought there wasn't a chance that she could be infected by it. I could easily see that. We're still on our campaign to make Brie Larson more sociable with everybody by having her show up as Captain Marvel and be a little more upbeat right off some of her briskness from the interviews as, oh, it's a quirk. Isn't that clever? And I liked her uniform in this, too. Oh, that's right. She was in this movie for like a a second, wasn't she? Yeah. Wong had called Shang-Chi and I forget Aquafina's name, character name. Katie? Katie. Katie, yeah. yeah, Had called Shang-Chi and, uh, Katie through the portal. It looked like he was in the main Mystic Arts Palace. It didn't look like he was in the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York. Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner beaming in over holograms, same as we saw them in Avengers Endgame. They were commenting on the make of the Ten Rings and what's happened to it. Apparently, once Shang-Chi has the Ten Rings, they turned gold from the purplish blue when they were with his father. It set off a beacon inside of the Ten Rings. They're quantum bands. It, well, I, I don't know. You think nega bands are quantum bands? It may be a version of the quantum bands. It's not Quasar. Those aren't the bands Quasar has or whoever. Yeah. It
1: used to be Captain Marvel, but it, I think Quasar has a set too. I don't know.
0: I hope well, it's not. Captain Marvel had nega bands the when he Yeah, Rick Jones would pop them together and go flash. Aren't they the same as
1: the one Quasar had?
0: No, I, know. I think Quasar's is quantum, which was created by the crew as a reaction to the negamans. It gets very complicated.
1: I think the thing is setting up to say that they have some kind of celestial origin. That's the beacon that's going off.
0: Wong said that it's older than Earth and possibly older than the universe. When he said older than the universe, there's only one thing in the Marvel Universe that's older than the Marvel Universe. That's Galactus. Galactus. Exactly. Galactus in Universe X was a countermeasure against the Celestials. The Celestials would impregnate planets. I don't like Universe X. And Galactus would destroy and consume the planets that they impregnated with baby celestials like Earth. And that was I guess some form of population control or something. So yeah, you're you both could be right. It could be Galactus, and it could be the Celestials at the same time. We know the Celestials are showing up in Eternals, which is just a couple of months off.
1: He found them in, I think they said, a tomb or
0: in a crater or something like yeah. that. So. Yeah, a crater. I like the fact that they're bands instead of mm-hmm. rings. Visually, that works better. And I get tired of the whole ring thing.
1: I enjoyed the movie, and I liked what they do with him. I don't know if you noticed this, but he said, I've gone by many names. And he starts rattling off these names, and he includes Master Khan. And I'm thinking, really? So basically, they're going to take all the Yellow Peril villains and squish them all together and put them on this Fu Manchu slash Mandarin.
0: Yeah, Wenwu. I'm okay with that. Do you have a real I'm problem fine with that? It? I guess, yeah. yeah. He's lived for a thousand years. Overall, Shang-Chi is one of those things where they took multiple Marvel concepts. They didn't do away with the courts of them, but they reworked them where it's more appealing to the story they're telling. I'm okay that we combine the City of Dragons and the pathway and I'm okay that the rings are bands. I'm okay that he is every bad Asian villain from Marvel history. Yeah, I, I'll buy all of this. It's Just better storytelling. It's more concise. It's not weighted down. It makes this a much more enjoyable situation to me than what we're currently getting in the comic books concerning Shang-Chi. I just really like this movie and am disappointed that the comic books don't reflect it.
1: Well, I think the comic books are trying to move the character toward the movie. That's the problem. Yeah. This take from the movie and this take from the books is not what people that have read Shang-Chi since the
0: 70s are looking for. I've not heard anybody complain.
1: I've heard people complain about the comic. You just accept that Marvel is not going to follow the comics. So I'm fine with that. It was pretty much what I expected it to be, except there was a lot more family emotion in there than I thought. Well, I thought that worked. Did did you not enjoy it? I was no, I, really, I'm
0: not complaining about it. I'm just saying I didn't expect that to be in the movie. I'm good with it. I'm serious when I say that Tony Chiwa Ling should be up for Best Supporting Actor. I'm dead serious. He did an outstanding job in this. Have you ever seen a, him
1: in anything before? I've Have seen you, him in a
0: couple of things. Are yeah. you too? Are you good. Tony but, Ling. Yeah, why Tony. Why don't you just call him Tony Leung? Because I was looking up the correct pronunciation. Yeah, no, it's just Tony Leung. That's, that's a big. I, like, I
1: mean, that's how everybody knows him. I mean, maybe in China okay. they know him differently, but Tony Leung, Yeah.
0: Tony Leung. Yes, I've seen him before. Yes, I've liked him in, in other what, things. What name it? He was not in Rogue One, was he? No. Oh that, God, see, now you're just being racist. Yeah. <laughs> how am I being racist? I could, I can. I'm, uh, I'm legally allowed to confuse actors. <laughs>
1: What
0: Chinese guy looks like another his, Chinese guy? I can choose Affleck and Damon all the time. Oh, Lord! I'm sure he's a solid guy. I just really do think he outdid himself in this movie. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's, I saw him he's great. I know one thing. I saw him in, and he was a cop. Infernal Affairs. Was Wasn't that, that, a, that the one that would that they they yeah, the American movie off of? Yeah, the, because uh, he, was, he, he was the undercover guy, and Andy Lau was the other guy. And this is where they got the Departed from, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there. I knew I'd seen him in something, because you told me that this is where they pulled the Departed from. I went back and watched that years ago. Albert told me that, not yeah. Sandra. Because Sandra's not into Asian cinema on the level that Albert and I are. Gosh, he I was see. in Hard Boiled, and that's, one of the, that's probably the greatest action movie ever. I've never seen Hard Boiled. Okay, so we're all just in love with Shang-Chi. We think it was a great movie. Sandra, on your list of favorite Marvel movies, where does it land? I
1: don't really rank them all like that. I don't I, I don't know where to, to say. Well, not, I, r- and the, and this one's different from most Marvel movies in that you didn't have to watch any Marvel movies to watch no. this movie.
0: Well, no, same thing with really. Black Widow. You didn't have to watch any Marvel movies for Black Widow. Did you like this better than Black Widow? Uh, that's like apples and oranges. Like I said, this was like a wushy
1: fantasy, and Black Widow was a espionage fantasy. spy movies. I really wouldn't
0: compare them. I think this one caught my attention more than Black Widow. I really like Black Widow. It doesn't diminish anything that I've said before about Black Widow. I think the choreography, the family interaction, the family drama, it fit like a glove. This Something about this, everything just clicked. Yeah, I'd rank it pretty high. I'm shocked I liked it as much as I did. Well, on the other side of that coin, we are now five episodes into Marvel's Disney Plus, what if? And we've talked about the first two. Albert did not like the third one. And now mm-hmm. Sandra and I have both sing the third one, the Hank Pym kills the Avengers situation. I thought it was good, Albert. No, it's not enough of a whodunit. Like, it's a whodunit, but they don't give you anything to work on.
1: I want to know what showrunner hates Hank Pym so much. He just gets crapped
0: on all over. Have you not ever seen the comic books? All they do is crap on that man. Sheesh. Because he gave his wife what she deserved at one point. Oh my gosh, Albert. And now it's being said that there was a miscommunication between the writer and the artist. (laughs) He was to slap Jan away, meaning slap her shoulder or something back away from him as he was facing forward, and the artist interpreted it as slap Jan. <laughs> they just saw that they could have done something, yeah. They could have, but they're just being know, like, I totally didn't tell him to slap him, I have him slap a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you read that book, it, it fits in that story pretty good where he slaps her. It ain't like it's a Yeah, out of place thing, you know, t- terribly bad. No, he's having a crap fit because his mind's being messed with and he's acting out of character and all. But if you watch in the movies, the Ant-Man movies, Michael Douglas's character of Hank Pym, the first instinct he has is to hit whoever is standing close to him. He is a violent, hair-triggered temper in the Ant-Man movies. It's just coded with the fact that he's a senior citizen.
1: There's a couple points they just keep hammering on. Uh, I was fine with the third one. I didn't particularly think that's something Hank Pym would do. But uh, up to the reveal, I was fine with that. I, of course, really enjoyed the Doctor Strange one. I think oh, the Doctor the
0: Strange one. one was is the best. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really great. The Marvel Zombies was just crap. I didn't care. for yeah, that no, at we're all. Not but done I, with, we're not done with Marvel Zombies. <laughs> unfortunately,
1: we never are done with Marvel Zombies, but I, I don't like them in the comics and I don't particularly
0: care for them here. It was just, nah. It's a cool visual effect. When they showed up in Ultimate Fantastic Four, that was a good one-off story for those, what, three issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four. It's kind of a kitsch thing. Now the Marvel Zombies has their own limited series. Okay, fine, limited series. And now it's a never-ending thing. So yeah. in the zombie episode, yeah, a grown woman, Hope, is having sex with a teenager. What? I, I missed that scene. You didn't really catch it between her and Peter? They were just having nice No, things. no, they, they're doing it. All right. what, what <laughs> go, go watch it. it. Go pay attention. They, they seem awful. I don't want to watch it again. I didn't like it the first time. We've got too many problems here. It's, it's only 30 minutes. The Stephen Strange one that we all agree is the best. Stephen Strange one has a point. Inside the MCU, where Christine makes a different decision than she did in the normal. Continuity. She turned Stephen Strange down for that awards dinner. She turned him down in the movie. In the what if, she was, okay, you know what? I'll go with you. That to me is a what if. Janet Van Dyne being trapped in the quantum verse and contracting a disease is not a what if. There's not a previous point set up in the MCU where we saw her not eat the magic mushroom that turns her into a zombie in the quantum verse. To me, those are the best what ifs. What if the Avengers all were killed by Hank Pym? That one was pushing it as well, because then we had to assume at some point Hope Van Dyne had become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And there was no setup for that. Hope Van Dyne was working for Pym Industries beforehand. They have a tendency to get off track, and boy, they really got off track with the zombie episode Yep. i did not care for that at all and then the thanos thing at the end how i can piece it together but how did he get the time jim how's that any more ridiculous than him being a member of the guardians of the galaxy i can almost i'm not saying it's not stupid but in the realm of like we got 30 minutes to do a story i mean you ain't got you can't, you can't explain it all and i'm not asking you to i did not like the zombie episode Sandra, you didn't like it either, did you?
1: Nope, didn't care for it. I still think it's a trade-off between the first one and the Doctor Strange one. Those are my favorites. I like the first the one. the first, I liked first yeah. and
0: the Strange one was pretty good. I enjoyed the second one. Third one was crap, and this one's crap. T'Challa's Star Lord, that was funny to me. That was entertaining. The third one I was okay with. You're asking a lot, but okay. The fourth one was great. Doctor Strange was great, and I think we're going to see things come back and bite the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the butt. This last one, the zombie ones, I don't want to see the zombies anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't. Albert, you know for a fact they're bringing the zombies back? I bet some type of final episode where it would go back to the other episodes or do something. I think we're going to see aspects of this show up in Doctor Strange 2, possibly in Spider-Man. But I think Spider-Man's going to have his hands full with his Sinister Six situation, the other two Spider-Man, than to deal with different aspects of this. But yeah, we know we'll see a Marvel zombie show up in Doctor Strange 2, and that's what this feels like to me is that some executives said, okay, you have to do a what-if episode with the Marvel zombies because we want to have them in Doctor Strange 2 as an appearance when he's going through the multiverse. And that's exactly what this feels like to me, completely uninspired. The next episode is going to be about Killmonger saving Tony Stark. Is it? Yes. Well, that's interesting. The ninth and final episode is going to be Vision becomes an all-powerful android known as Infinite Ultron when merged with rival android Ultron. Now it's up to the newly formed Guardians of the Multiverse to put an end to his reign before it's too late. Okay, well, there you go. And that's the finale. I guess the finale is not the zombies. It doesn't say anything about the zombies, but I promise you they'll pull somebody from the zombie verse in there. Oh, another thing I hated was the talking head of Scott Lang. That's a Futurama joke. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't really add anything. No, it didn't. Remember, like in Marvel Zombies, they had Deadpool's head. Yeah, I can almost buy the Deadpool's head thing. There's different points in Asgardian myths where Loki is decapitated, but yet still running his mouth. Yeah. But Scott Lang is just a person in a Pim suit. I was not a big fan of that. I just did not like the zombie episode. and I think it's the weakest of all of them, and I think it was put in there so they could justify having the zombies pop up in Doctor Strange. I didn't like all that weird pedophile stuff in the episode. Are you serious? Is there something that's said between them? Go back and watch the episode. He's just talking about Go the back. people. Go back and watch that episode. God, I don't want to. You're going to have to, because I'm right, and you're going to admit I'm right. The next time is there, record, is there a line or something? just just watch it with that in your I, mind. I agree that Sandra will go back and rewatch the episode. Sandra's not watching that episode again. What are you talking about? <laughs> I barely watched it this time.
1: I think they did Marvel Zombies because that's one of the most famous what ifs. I don't think if they did it because they want to put it in something else. I just think that's whether or not I like it or you like it or what or Albert likes it. Marvel Zombies is one of the most successful what ifs Marvel has. There are a ton of people that want to see Marvel Zombies, so they probably like that.
0: I, I, but Marvel I Zombies was about... not a what-if. Yes, it was. Technically, it was, uh, it was not a what-if. Technically, it, appeared it was in... a different universe from the Ultimate Fantastic Four comics. It was well, not a what-if.
1: Since all of these are a different universe, then
0: it falls into a what-if universe. They never got the what-if label slapped on them until now.
1: No, they didn't. But, but
0: yes, you're right. It's an alternate reality, which mm-hmm. is basically what what-if is. They did it for merchandising. I I swear to you they're going to show up somewhere in Doctor Strange too. The merchandising, the Legos of the What Ifs and the Disney Plus Marvel series have come out and people are going crazy trying to find them. Well, I only do Lego Star Wars, so no, I'm not out there trying to get the Marvel stuff. But the Marvel single bag minifigures came out. And I'm on multiple Lego boards. I'm watching them go nuts trying to locate all of these Lego figures. The Loki variant. The Captain America zombie variant. Then they've got the Marvel Select zombies. The uh, Captain America zombie and the... I think they've got the... I think I saw at least a prototype for the Iron Man zombie out. People just snatch these right up. So yeah, it's a marketing thing. I don't care for it. I know Sandra doesn't care for it. Albert's lukewarm about it at best. But you're right, Sandra. That's what it is. It's a very profitable and popular concept that they've got out there that they had to slap in somewhere and I suppose better what if than nothing. So and we know we're going to get a season two of what if already. Really? Yep. Why wouldn't they? It's just a cartoon. Yeah, I guess so. It's a really well done cartoon. It's like for the most part, this has been fun. It also gives us something to watch when there's not anything out there. Lord Sandra, you gotta take pills stuff.
1: I'm in back pain and there's no pain like back pain.
0: No, there's in not. Like, dose of di- Tylenol. Thank you very much. All right. Um, once, once Sandra's done supporting her habit, we'll go back. <laughs> I always hated like pulling the muscle in my back or something because I'd sit down or lay down in a good spot, then my whole body would just lock up.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> you exactly. wouldn't move.
1: I can't Remember? figure out if it's if it's a good idea to lay down or sit down, and then when you try to move, everything's locked up and painful. It's just not a good thing. I got to go to the chiropractor again tomorrow.
0: I had brought the boxes in and pulled the muscle in my back at the store. I was standing in the back office, and I literally collapsed, hit the floor. Jason had the phone in his hand. I was trying to signal Jason, do not call an ambulance, but I couldn't talk. I was out of breath. Jason thought I was having a heart attack, and Jason was standing there with the damn phone in his hand, and he was looking down at me, and he was saying, all those cheeseburgers. And I was whispering. I swear to God, if I could have got my hands around his neck and applied any pressure at all, Anyway, we finished talking about What If, right? I guess we are finished. Do y'all have any final thoughts on What If? I'm saying that we're going to see them in the multiverse situation. I don't think in Spider-Man, but I think in Doctor Strange, we're going to see aspects of What If turn up there. I think if we
1: see them, it'll be like I said, cameos, kind of like when Shang-Chi was walking past those little fight boxes and there was different people
0: in them. If we see them like that. I think we'll be able to identify them when we see them. The fight boxes, we couldn't identify. That was that was fast moving and also. Awesome. Well, you want to talk about some comic books? Sure. <laughs> Boy, Sandra is just a little ball of joy on.
1: You're <laughs> lucky back. you even got me here.
0: <laughs> Have y'all read Savage Avengers came out? Oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, we're up to the penultimate. We're two issues away from the big brouhaha. And once again, Colin Gath has pulled it off. He's taken over the world. Yep. It's a horrific situation all the way around. It's what you expect with Colin Gaff, and damn, I am here to tell you, put Dugan on the Avengers after, after Aaron gets done doing whatever he's doing to the Avengers. Am I wrong? He, does he not know these characters inside and out? He does a great job with all the characters. He makes all everything work. Cullen Gaff showing up and Conan teaming up with superheroes and everything. None of it feels like it shouldn't work. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like everything feels like that's exactly how this would work. You know, he keeps it fun and entertaining. He keeps the story going, keeps you interested in it. You've got these dynamic scenes. Captain America remembers the Kool and Gath situation from the Uncanny X Men 190, I think 189 and 190. Or was it 190 or 191? But yeah, Captain America clearly remembers that situation. Doom. Uh, Why is Dugan not writing a Doom book? Just a a straight out Doom book. This awesome story. You're missing out on something if you haven't been reading Savage Avengers. Sandra loves it.
1: Sandra hasn't read even one of them. I will say, though, that Patrick Zurcher is
0: is fairly active on Twitter, and he's always interesting and enlightening. I mean, he does a wonderful job in this. So, yeah, definitely give Savage Avengers a chance. I said two issues, but it's issue number 24, and I think they're going to resolve everything with issue number 25. This is the Avengers book. I know a lot of people are not happy with the current Avengers book. We've heard from you. We've read some of your messages. And, of course, for the most part, we aren't either. But this, this should be considered the Avengers book.
1: Jason Aaron is also going to be going back to Conan. Uh, Not Conan, the regular book, but he's going to do a King Conan book with Azrar. Okay. A lot of people
0: liked his Conan book. Yeah, I like this Conan book. I'll read it. Yeah. I did too. Don't get me—I just don't know what the hell happened with Avengers. Such I, a hot mess. But I—I yeah, I, like, I like this Conan stuff. I like his other stuff. Moving right along, both Albert and I say pull Savage Avengers. Sandra says she hasn't read it and somehow segued into a complaint about Namor and then updated us on Marvel <laughs> Con- <That's laughs> Comics right. new line of books. And now we're going to move on to Star Trek. The Mirror of War from IDW, uh, issue number zero. The reason I read it is because we have gotten messages saying you never report on the Star Trek books. And you missed
1: the Star Star Trek Day, didn't you? No,
0: I didn't. I've got it right here in front of me. Star Trek Day, which was not a thing until Paramount realized that fans took it upon themselves to celebrate May the 4th for the top science fiction franchise to ever Come down the pike, Star Wars. So Paramount wants to bring the nearly dead cash cow out that is Star Trek and get whatever they can from its waning teats. So today, September 8th was Star Trek Day. IDW released Star Trek The Mirror War number zero. I read this and it involves the mirror universe, and you can tell because all the characters have something wrong with their eyes, either a scar or an implant or something to designate that they're evil. Albert I got did you sleeveless shirts to show off the guns. Yeah. Yeah, Picard looks, Picard looks like the rock with a white goatee. Deanna could use some support there in her outfit. What did you make of it, Albert? No, it's fine. I prefer not to have to waste time on Barclay. He somehow connects it all in. They deserve a better comic book series. They deserve better storytelling all the way around. I say shelf Star Trek The Mirror of War number zero. It's not going to be worth your time. It, it, I say it browse bad. it. Browse it? I mean, it's not bad to browse it. Coming out of Paramount and their Star Trek Day announcements. Same old, same old stuff. Lower Decks is already into season two. I liked Lower Decks. I liked the first season. First couple of episodes of the second season, and I've just completely lost interest. The thing that's promising to me is Strange New Worlds, the Captain Pike series. I'm very, very interested in this. They're supposed to be bringing Uhura onto it, Cadet Uhura, Christine Chapel. So they're bringing multiple familiar characters from the original series into this. I liked Pike. I liked Discovery the first two seasons. The third season, they just... Got rid of every interesting character on there and destroyed their ensemble cast, which I think is key to making a good Star Trek. I'm anxious for strange new worlds. Andrew, you used to be a Star Trek fan, right?
1: I love the original series. I've watched those episodes a gazillion
0: times. You and me both. And the movies, I've got the lines memorized,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of the Enterprises, the maps, the layout to the Enterprises, the ships, even the ones that contradict the other ones. I don't know. It all seemed pretty overrated to me. Not the original series. <laughs> the kind of original series was awesome. Really? Yes. And among hanging out in the California desert? What? Well, look, they did what they could. <laughs> With sets. I love the original series and I make fun of the next gen, but there's a couple of good episodes in there, usually when Q shows up. I hated Voyager. But I love the second half of Deep Space Nine, from the moment Worf came on board and the creative team changed. Love Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine. Deep Space Nine's got some good stuff in it. Yeah, Deep yes,
1: Space it does. Nine is
0: good. Captain Sisko, the outstanding character, one of the best to come out of the Star Trek series, so immediately we did away with him. I like Deep Space Nine all the way up to the second half of the finale, where they Dealt with Cisco and the Prophets and just walked Cisco right off the stage there. <sighs> I hated Voyager. But Discovery, like I said, I liked the first two seasons, but the third season just kind of run it for me. Did either of you watch Enterprise with Scott Bakula? I think I tried to watch the first season, but I, it just never caught on for me. Yeah, I never watched the whole series. I watched some of it. I just, I didn't. It was problematic throughout, but it had its moments. I thought it was better than Voyager overall. I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds, which is Captain Pike, Mr. Spock, apparently Cadet Uhura, Christine Chapel, and somebody related to Khan. They're saying, I'm not looking forward to Picard. They're walking Q back into Picard, and I just have no idea how this is going to work. I didn't like the first Picard, the first season of Picard. That whole season should have been like two episodes. It, I mean, the whole season feels like you could have reduced it down to a pilot episode. It's amazing. They had the same person playing a set of twins, and they killed off the more interesting twins. <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> Sandra, did you watch Picard?
1: No, I tr- I started watching it, but I, I didn't get to finish it. I had a, I don't need to go into that. I, I basically am not uh, ever dealing with Paramount Plus again.
0: All right. Okay. Well, anyway, happy Star Trek Day, people. (laughs) It's dead. Pull out your original, the OG uh, episodes and watch those. I've got them on Blu-ray and those special containers. I love that. They redid the atmospheric effects for the planet and the starship. I mean, they didn't change anything about it. They just made it better. I am big OG. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Ahura, that Russian guy, Davy Jones. (laughs) And Sulu. Hmm. Sulu. Oh, my. Excalibur and X-Force came out from the X-Books this week. I wanted to mention both of them. We're not big on Excalibur, but Excalibur had Doctor Doom in it. If Sandra gets to somehow work <laughs> Namor into the discussion about Savage Avengers, then I can certainly talk about Excalibur with Doctor Doom in it.
1: Well, I should also say <laughs> that Patrick Zercher is one of those people that have at- said that he wouldn't mind doing a namer book, so... As soon as he finishes with Savage Avengers, I it's want to over, see my Sandra.
0: name <laughs> It just ain't just, just give it, it up. Give it up. They don't care. Nobody cares. I
1: know. They didn't have anything. I'm just so, so disappointed. But going back
0: to... Um, Excalibur number 14? Is this still by Tini Howard? I'm sorry. It's Excalibur number 23, and yes, it is by Tini Howard. How do you like her Doom? She does an okay job. I can tell she's got a textbook next to her. It says, here's how you write Doom. <laughs>
1: She probably has Jonathan Hickman over on speed dial already going, okay, is this
0: okay? <laughs> yeah, can I have him say this? He's okay. He's not He's not out of character. It's not like that series that that writer from HBO did that, that nobody pays attention to at all.
1: The Cantwell series? Yeah, the
0: Cantwell series. Not HBO, but go ahead. Doom was written well in this. He basically has to go to Otherworld because uh, events in Excalibur revolved around Morgan Le Fay, and she left. There's something in Morgan Le Fay's castle that Doom wants. Doom confronts Excalibur, gets them to escort him to Otherworld so he can retrieve the item from Morgan Le Fay's castle. Morgan Le Fay's castle is missing, and so Doom has to barter to get whatever was left of Morgan Le Fay's items there, and Doom comes away better than anything else. Else and I'm not sure how this is going to play into anything, but I will be keeping an eye on it. Do I say pick up Excalibur? I really don't. I really still don't care for a lot of stuff in it, but I'm going to say browse it. Yeah, I mean this is it's not as bad as the other ones. No, I've read. this one seemed was at least entertaining. It was. It was entertaining. Although I would have paid money the moment Gambit opened his mouth if just to liven things up here, Doom aimed his gauntlet at his head and blew his head off. <laughs> That would have been perfect. They can come back. That would have been perfect. Yeah, the only thing worse than Gambit is uh, Gambit fans. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Only thing worse than Gambit is Gambit fans. Albert and I are saying Brown's Excalibur number 23, which is more than we've said for most Excaliburs, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Except the ones on the tie-in events. X-Force number 23 also came out. I've been feeling lukewarm about the X-Books, especially knowing Hickman's going over to Substack. Percy on X-Force 23, X-Force is still solid, still strong. We're finally getting into the Mikhail Rasputin situation. The politics at play here are very engaging, very well done. Rasputin is gearing up Russia against Krakoa. This is well written, well done. There's a little... How would you feel about the Russian doll power? I find it kind of goofy, but at the same time, it's kind of scary and eerie. Yes, it, it works. It works real well. So there's this aspect to it that really shouldn't work that does work. And of course, Beast just sticks his damn nose right into it. We've got a whole situation there. So I'm still saying pull X-Force. X-Force has been a solid read all the way through. I cannot think of an X-Force issue since the Krakoa situation started that has disappointed on any level, and this certainly does not. It adds new layers to Mikhail Rasputin, Colossus's older brother. I love the political dynamic of gearing Russia up to go against Krakoa. So I say pull it. Uh, yeah, I say pull it too. We'll probably get a rip off of that movie interspace Space next issue. Well, I kind of thought we were going to get it this issue, but uh, little wee Tom, and that's yeah. in that's in continuity before. So I'm not going to bitch too much about that. <laughs>
1: Apparently, there's going to be news dropping that Jonathan Hickman and Declan Shalvey are doing a digital X-book on Marvel Universe. I saw that. He's not quite finished with the X-Universe. Fortunately, I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription, which it's actually a fantastic deal if you don't mind reading digital, especially since they cut the lag time to, I think it's two months now, isn't it, Albert? I think. Anyway, so all you're complaining about Jonathan Hickman leaving the X books, it may be premature. Good, but Good. I uh, hope it is. I have a Marvel Universe subscription, so I will keep you updated if you don't have one. It's kind of odd, though. It looks like oh. the it, it looks like he's going back to outer space. You know, he just loves the outer space
0: X Men. Well, he loves outer space in general. Like even in Avengers, he would. Yeah, you know, he did that during the Infinity stuff where he where yeah. they forced him to do the Thanos Sun thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had
0: the Avengers in outer space doing all that stuff, and all that was great.
1: Yeah. His favorite thing is Legion of Superheroes. That's what he really wants to do, Legion of Superheroes, so. And just took care of that for him. (laughs) Yeah, he'll have to be called on, clean up on aisle six.
0: (laughs) That son of a bitch. (laughs) New book out, Last Flight Out from Dark Horse, issue number one. Sandra, did you read this one? I think I just glanced through it. Guggenheim, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I didn't think I was going to care for this, but I actually liked it. And it starts off pretty standard stuff, I guess you could say. As the issue goes on, it comes off a pretty interesting story and book. Yeah, it's got two or three lines of thought that it can follow here. You've got a major catastrophe situation going on. You're on a clock. It's a dad going after his daughter, but it's more than that. It's also soldiers that have to be involved with the dad going after his daughter. Yeah. I thought this was very well done, very interesting, and very, at the very least, worth a browse. I'm definitely picking up number two. I'm saying Pull It. That's Last Fight Out, number one, from Dark Horse Comics by Guggenheim. Yeah, I say Pull It, too. It's an odd thing. the, The first few pages didn't do anything with me, but as it went on, it just got better and better.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely would say Pull It. The art is really clear. Guggenheim is he, he? Yeah, he's he's solid. He usually does TV. He has that that good pacing and grab your interest, high concept stuff. Yeah.
0: What is probably the best single superhero comic book of the week? Defenders issue number, easily the best superhero comic book of the week, I think. Defenders number two by Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez. This is a hell of a book. That was a great issue. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You think you've got that hypothetical question of do you kill baby Hitler? But it turns out that's not at all what it was. And how dare you think that? It's a silver surfer, man. He's not that kind of guy. What does it say about you that you thought he was going to do that? (laughs) Also, also, that's not really a Hitler situation because he's going to be a Galactus one way or another. It was a mislead, though. He knew what he was doing with that. This is a beautiful book. I swear to God, I think Steve Ditko would write love letters to Rodriguez. Yeah, I I agree. He has a fantastic art style.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect for this. I'm very curious now what the surfer knows about the
0: Phantom Rider. The colors just pop off this book. They just mm-hmm. scream. My favorite line in it was, Ta is hitting on Steven and Steven's hitting back. And the surfer is like, good God, not now, Steven.
1: <laughs> I just wonder when... I, I don't know. That's just not the same Stephen Strange I, I
0: grew up with. Yeah, that's a new thing they have. i playing the the hot dogs. I read him when Paul Smith was on the artwork in the 70s. He seemed kind of... yeah. He's not Hal Jordan Womanizer. He didn't strike me as the type to miss an opportunity. Yeah, I don't think
1: so. I do like this book, and I heartily recommend you pull it. Yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful blend. As usual, Al Familiar with all the old school stuff, but he synthesizes it into something new. And Javier Rodriguez is just perfect for this book,
0: the artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stephen Strange isn't the man whore that... What's that guy that is underwater? Uh, little Mr. Little Nimbus. Yeah, Mr. Nimbus is. <laughs> yeah. Albert, what did you think of, of of Defenders number two? I thought it was fantastic. Great art, great writing. Pretty meaty issue too. Like the you get, I mean, you really get your money's worth out of it.
1: I don't. Mm-hmm. how he's going to get everything in there
0: with just, I think, five issues. Is he just yep. doing five issues? Yeah. I think that's where he ends this series. But I look forward to more of this. I'm surprised I like it as much. I know I keep saying that, but I really am. Really? Are you not it, a Defenders fan? I, no, I've read Defenders. But I'm not, they're not up there. They're not exactly on the speed dial when something goes wrong on the list of superhero teams that I would call. They're definitely, they come before the champions. And and most assuredly, they come before the team Titans. Oh, my God. The <laughs> Defenders
1: are the team you call when you really want, it's something big and you really want it done. <laughs> it's not like the Avengers. They're all out there grandstanding and doing the public thing. The Defenders, they just nitty gritty get it done.
0: I need somebody to explain Amazing Spider-Man number 73 oh, to me. Oh, jeez! <laughs> yeah, they're really, this whole arc, is they're just going to fix everything at one time. Spencer is it, it is really fearless. Suddenly in this issue, we've got strands that we didn't see being pulled into it from past situations. Mostly the Straczynski run. The further away you get from the Straczynski run, you realize how problematic the Straczynski run actually was. Yeah, but it's mostly just them two stories. I don't know. Well, the Sleeping with Gwen thing. Though. Yeah, that yeah. and One More Day. So we've completely retconned that. Who Who is this guy? Is it Harry? It's Harry, right? I thought that's what they were saying who it was. Yeah. Or something, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll it'll clear out. So. Yeah, and I think they've kicked Mysterio up by about three power levels here. They're giving him a lot of credit with a lot of crap. Sandra, did you read it or did you just read the oh breakdown? Oh, God. Is this a Spider Man book? Yeah, of course. No, you didn't read it, I didn't I, read
1: it. Yeah, but I did but you read wrote a the- very convoluted attempt at explanation at Bleeding Cool, and then my eyeballs started bleeding. <laughs> what? Really? What the heck? <laughs> Why is anybody reading this book?
0: <laughs> he's got issue number 74 and 75 to pull this out with. I think that's his target. So he he may still pull it off. But if you recall last week, we were giving rave reviews to Amazing Spider-Man. And then this just one issue, man, he has pulled every string he can. And just to let you know that he hasn't forgotten about Mephisto, that last page has Mephisto and Doctor Strange in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not teasing us with Mephisto. Mephisto is there and active. We just don't know how this is going to play out. So right now, I'm not saying break away from Amazing Spider-Man. I'm just saying be prepared to be confused. It's confusing, but it's not confusing. You can tell clearly what's going on. It's convoluted is the word I'm looking for. Sandra said that, didn't you? Yes. This is convoluted, and he's pouring a lot into it. I just hope he knows where the exit sign is.
1: Isn't the exit sign the one marked with six figures pointing to Substack?
0: Probably. Yes. (laughs) It's a mess of a story, but at least as long as he fixes it, I guess that's all that matters. He's got two more issues, and this one issue is very heavy-handed. Very heavy-handed. We're both still saying pull it because we have Faith in Spencer. Sandra's reading other website reviews of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) At least I haven't fallen into the uh, watching a YouTube video to figure out what the heck is going on.
0: We're going to round it out this week on the comic book reviews with The Me You Love in the Dark, issue number two. This is from Image Comics, and it's by Scotty Young. Sandra and I had talked about issue number one of this. She didn't like it because there's nothing to it, just mostly art, pages of art. She felt that he wasted space on it. Sandra, did you look at this one? Nope. He doesn't waste as much time on this. I thought it was a good setup, and I recall saying concerning issue number one of The Me You Love in the Dark, that I was willing to give him that space, what Sandra didn't like about it, in order to establish story and character and pacing. He utilizes more of issue number two, but I still think Sandra would have her original complaint because he's using the Ditko technique of letting the art speak for itself in a lot of panels. I don't think it's a wasted space. I, I think this is a solid book. I like it. The artwork in it's great. The story is shaping up nicely, and I'm curious to see where it goes. It's a uh, eerie, almost wants to be a romance, but is definitely a horror book. I'm saying browse it, but for me, it's a pick it up. I'm sold as a issue number two. Sandra would be too if she believed in giving people second chances. No, I wouldn't. Well, this is as good a place as any to wrap it up, Jackson. Eric, we're going to get to your emails, but we'll do it next time because Sandra's pain medication has kicked in and she's you can just tell it it's there's there's an edge and she is right off the edge of that cliff. Spiraling blaming me. <laughs> spiraling. I you know Don't even you, think
1: about blaming me.
0: I set her up for a whole Texas joke at the beginning of the program. She completely missed it. <laughs> Texas joke. So Talking about abortions? I'm going to have to cut that. But yeah, the whole thing... No, uh, you don't have to cut that. Sandra, uh, The when I said, Sandra, this handmaidens' tail LARP is not going the way I wanted it to swindle.
1: <laughs> oh, all I heard was LARP.
0: Yeah, well, there you go.
1: You ain't so, getting up here.
0: And now her dogs are attacking her. She's about to slip into a coma, and they're going to find her dogs gnawing on her fingertips.
1: I'm going to try to find <laughs> something to watch that's not going to make me... my. My taste in movies, for some reason, has just everything I thought was going to be, oh, that'll be fun or that'll be interesting to watch. It's like, holy cow, this is as
0: boring as heck. Well, Laura did write into us and said that she enjoyed it when we would randomly recommend weird movies. And we'll go back to our things to watch on streaming and stuff. And we'll try to get more into that, too. But I do want to bring this up. Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin Martin short and some little singer- Disney girl, Selena, something. Selena Gomez. There you go. Selena Gomez. That is a wonderful series. I've enjoyed it. I thought it was just one movie. No, it's an ongoing series. Oh it's a, yeah, it's a streaming series. It's been funny and er, everything you could hope to be. So y'all might want to check that out. We're really what is that it. on? It's on Hulu. Oh okay. But we'll get more into that on the next episode, along with your emails. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you again for our sponsor. Again, he's almost cleared out of inventory, so swing in there on iviwatches.com. Use your kingdom code to get 40% off. Type kingdom in, you get 40% off to help him clear out the inventory, so he can move forward. We greatly appreciate. You... The listeners, Thank you, of course, to our content providers and our sponsors, but thank you, thank you, thank you to you, the listeners. We appreciate you staying with us and coming back and giving us great numbers. Continue to let us hear from you. I keep promising we'll do, I think next time, maybe majorly emails because I've got them stacked up here. So we'll do our email and message episode next time around next week. So continue to let us hear from you. Love us, hate us, indifferent to us, not even sure who we are, just need somebody to talk to. <laughs> let us hear from you from you, your opinion on what? your opinion on anything and everything kingdom comics at gmail.com kingdom casts, at gmail.com kingdom comics and kingdom casts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us there. Any final thoughts, Sandra, or has the Oxy already gotten you? Um, no, sorry. <laughs> Albert, any final thoughts? It's not suitable for this podcast. Probably for the best at this point. Tell them good night.
1: (laughs) God. Good night, everyone.
0: (laughs) Albert means good night and good night. Take care of one another. Be kind unto others, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so very much, everybody. Good night. (laughs) Lord have mercy. This Kazar book is horrible. Yes, it was. That's why we didn't talk about it. But that art looked great, though. (laughs) Did you think so? I thought it was very loose. I I like the art. Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thank you to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Cornelius Burroughs, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Hatcher, Charles Hickey, Ali Marceau, Joseph Koloski, Katrina Olstead, and Angela Pickett. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2021. All rights reserved. Declan Shelby. The clan. The clan.
1: No, not de Declan. Declan.
0: Declan. 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 Yeah. Not not we're we're saying Declan. Uh it's Declan. I'm yeah, not I, saying I, anything. I didn't say
1: Declan. I said Declan.
0: <laughs> oh my Sandra, God. Sandra, I, I will not share your pro clan views. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.